On this episode of The Playbook, I have the CEO and president of the amazing Texas Roadhouse, Jerry Morgan, and we're going to talk about how the smell of a bakery could be the most unorthodox of all marketing practices. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I have the incredible CEO and president of Texas Roadhouse, Jerry Morgan. Welcome to The Playbook. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, you know, you wrote a book called Made From Scratch, uh, and it's your legendary success story of the Texas Roadhouse. But in essence, you seem to be a guy authentically that is made from scratch. You know, it's a, a rare thing that someone has built their career within an organization with over 23 years at the same place, learning the ins and outs uh, of that business, previous with a couple other big brands that start with a B. Uh, what have you learned about staying with a company for that long since so many of us change jobs every two, two and a half years? Well, um, first of all, Kent wrote the book. So, and I am his successor. Right. And, you know, but I will tell you that a lot of the things that he shares and made from scratch are the recipes that we use today uh, and follow um, when it comes to our success pattern. So whether you use a playbook or whether you follow, I, what I learned in working with Texas Roadhouse for the last 25 years or 24 and a half is following that recipe of make sure your food is spectacular, make sure that your service is hospitable and that your partnership in the community is deep rooted. And then uh, take care of your facility, love your employees, uh, respect your guests and partner with your vendors. So a lot of that that, that was written in the book by Kent Taylor um, is, is clearly the recipe that I will continue to use because it is what I grew up on and it's what I believe in fundamentally being sound at executing. I compare it to, you know, the Green Bay Packers ran the power sweep 90% of the time, but nobody could stop them. Why? Because it's one play and they executed it better than anybody in the whole world or that time frame. You know, it's one restaurant trying to do our best at providing our guests with a great experience. And when Kent uh, wrote the book, um, he had a lot of unorthodox business practices as well. What were some of those over the years that you, you may have questioned when you were not at the head of the chain, uh, but as, you know, a, a lower level manager or manager at the, at the restaurants, uh, you know, what were some of the unorthodox business practices that you now see as being genius? Well, I will, I will talk to line dancing, um, which I was never really a big fan of because I felt like I was a fundamentally sound operator that I didn't need this dancing gimmick to entertain my guests while they were waiting for their food. But now in retrospect, I do see the value in that fun and entertainment side of it. So uh, I don't like gimmicks necessarily. I'm a pretty straight shooting character. And, but I do understand that, that there are a few things that you have to do that make things a little bit memorable or separate you from your competitors. And line dancing is one of those things that really didn't. 
And then just the, the things of, of the fresh baked bread, making our own bread right at the very front of there. I mean, it was like, it was such a big deal to him. I mean, he was crazy about it. If you didn't have fresh bread and you didn't have it smelling like dough being mixed and bread, bread being baked, I mean, he would go a little crazy on you. So you learn those lessons very quickly that your restaurant needs to smell like fresh baked bread. And uh, that would keep him happy. So, <laughs> you know, in the sports world, especially, you know, I ran uh, a notable sports agency where we were a quarterback factory. And one of the hardest things for a quarterback, and I'll use Steve Young as an example, you know, taking over for Joe Montana was no easy task because I'm sure Aaron Rodgers felt the same way with Brett Favre. Yeah. Um, and here, you know, Kent passes uh, in uh, January of 2021. Uh, is that correct? Or, or Mar March 18th, March 18th, uh, one day after my son was born, uh, he was born on the 17th. And then the book came out in August, but you became CEO, pretty big shoes to fill. What were some of your biggest fears uh, of taking over the quarterback position from such a legend? Yeah, I, you know, that's a great, a great question, because I try to think a little bit about how would an Aaron Rodgers take over uh, or how does anybody take over for Tom Brady? You know, kind of when you're taking over for even Bart Starr or, or how do you take over for Vince Lombardi or Tom Landry? You know, I, so I did watch that transition when Jimmy Johnson took over for Tom Landry. And, you know, I, and I saw that the number one thing was Jimmy had to be Jimmy. Tom Landry was such a different guy than him. And, uh, and that Jimmy went down to Miami and didn't have great success after Shula and a few others. But, but in, in Dallas, he did. But he made it his own team. But he stunk the first year. I don't know if you remember. His first year was 1-15. in 15. And then he goes on to win three out of the next five Super Bowls or something with an amazing team. But, you know, he built his team. He fundamentally changed the strategy because Jimmy Johnson's a high-energy, passionate guy. Uh, whereas Tom Landry was a very straight shooter and a very religious guy, but he didn't, he didn't scream and yell, but I'll tell you, you didn't want to upset him. So, you know, finding that balance of what I learned from Kent, but I would know that Kent would want me to do it my way in the way that I'm comfortable. He and I had some conversations about, you know, trust in your decisions, Jerry, trust in your beliefs and, and understand what you bring to this table, which is different than him and different, but I believe in our philosophies, I might execute the plan a little bit different. Um, I might communicate to the people a little bit different, but because I grew up from the ranks as a managing partner, worked my way up, I feel like I know what the heartbeat of this company is. And I clearly believe in the vision of keeping legendary food, legendary service at the top of our mindset. But to ultimately, I want our employees to have a, a great experience in working here, and I want our guests to feel great when they pay for the product that we deliver to them. So if we keep working hard on that, and execute the plan. I, I think the bottom line is if you're a quarterback, if you're a, a guard, if you're the center, as long as you do your job and everybody else does their, the teams are very successful. And my job is I, I am kind of a coach guy. So I like unity on my team. Um, I like us to be focused on the same things and work very hard. So um, painting that picture, making it a clear vision, and then executing the plan uh, will be key to our success. It's interesting because I see a lot of companies who, as you guys, have one best large employer 
you know, awards where you're a great employer, but hand in hand, you also receive, you know, that top customer service category award as well. And they seem to run hand in hand, those companies that take care of their employees, those employees tend to carry out the mission of taking care of the customer, selling through the customer and selling to the customer instead of selling to the customer. Now with COVID, you know, the entire paradigm shifted. So not only did you have to take the quarterback position, but the entire rules had changed uh, in the game uh, immediately. And so did you see that as uh, a positive, you know, coming in and having this big change is taking over and maybe giving you a little bit more leniency on making some changes without question? Or was it a detriment that everyone was scared that, oh no, we've lost our great leader and we have COVID hitting, what are we gonna do? Well, I think he, he guided us through COVID, you know, cause it hit the year, probably dang near a year before he passed on us. But, you know, he really guided us through that and showed us how to overcome adversity. So if I take a page out of his playbook and understand that we're day by day right now, we're just trying to make sure that we can get back on track and do the things that we did early in mid-2019. And we were executing at a very high level. Our restaurants were packed. We had people all over our corrals and the waiting. I mean, we were having a ton of success. Oh, by the way, guess what? We went through 2020 and we have 2021 actually doing better numbers and with less staff and with probably even uh, so to some degree less because we're doing more to go business. So we might have changed the, the model of how we do business, but I will tell you, we're still having the same success because we're working hard at it. And I think that's the big thing is don't give up. Even when the times are tough, keep fighting the fight and we will come out on the right side. Take great care of your employees, give your guests what they expect at a value, and then be great partners in your communities because our communities were hurt all across. We were putting up tents in the parking lot. We were putting up you know, tables in the parking lot and chairs and creating dining rooms in the middle of our parking lots uh, so that people could have come have our food. And our guests really appreciated that. We created drive-throughs in our parking lot with cones. And, you know, it, it was amazing to see how well our operators jumped on every idea that we sent out there to them. And oh, by the way, they shared a lot of the ideas and successes they were having with us so that we could share with the whole company, which I will tell you, there's, uh, there's egos, but not big egos. When we came here to do together, uh, we're doing together. So we share as a team, we work hard as a team, uh, we win and lose as a team. So uh, that's something that Kent was really adamant about. And then obviously when, when we lost him, you know, I really had to look in the mirror and go, I'm not Kent Taylor. Um, I am Jerry Morgan. I have had a lot of success. And if he had enough faith in me to put me in that position, but I also will tell you that I was fortunate enough to uh, talk to Jim Parker uh, before he passed away. And he took over for Herb Kelleher, the guy at Southwest Airlines. And and I'll give a shout out to a, a gentleman that really helped me too was Doug Brooks, who took over. You know, he was not right after Norman Brinker, but maybe two. But he could he shared with me a lot of thoughts of how Chili's survived. You know, when Norman Brinker got hurt, and then when he passed, um, and how you overcome that. And because there's not really many companies that their CEO left, and and when he was still deeply rooted as the CEO. 
And uh, so there was, you know, there's still a lot to learn, but our, our company is really healing. Sometimes when you go through a really crazy event, uh, um, your family comes together tighter. They, we support each other a little better. We, we leaned on each other. There was some crying. There was some, some, some outbursts. There was some, this controlling of emotions. I mean, I'll be honest with you. We love that guy. Uh, he's a hell of a, he made a hell of a lot of our lives way better and different. And he believed and trusted in us. So it's our job now to go out there and do what he trained us to do and execute at a high level and show a lot more people that Roadhouse still has a lot to give. And he's certainly doing that with over 5,000 guests a week, 300,000 meals per day. Ironically, even steak uh, is about 44% of, accounts for 40% of your, your menu. But the interesting thing is you still don't spend a penny on national advertising. You know, it's your free hot bread and peanuts are your best advertisement, as Ken always said. Uh, but you have shifted in 2020 uh, through Ken and you're carrying this on. I know you are one of the top brands that resonates with consumers by influencer marketing and data firms. So you're, you know, transcending maybe not through national advertisement, but the social side of things, you're doing extremely well. What is it that is resonating in the influencer marketing space? Uh, is that part of the community in the same core mission? Or is there something different you're doing to get such great resonating uh, values within those consumers? Yeah, I, I would say we've always had this strategy of local store marketing, which is kind of a grassroots, get out into your, we build a restaurant in a community, we, we get our partner to understand once you have your food right, once you have your service right, then get out there in your community and start shaking hands with people. Start helping support your local soccer team or Little League baseball team or, or your local church that needs a raffle ticket or free dinner or whatever it is. Maybe, maybe you're serving 200 people at a special occasion. Um, but whatever we can do to be great local store marketing or, or what I call community partners um, has always served us very well. I mean, we'd rather spend the money in our own community and make sure that that our people there locally uh, have a great relationship with all of our our guests that are coming into our restaurants. And we're out there supporting them in their businesses and in their lives also. Um, I think that's just our food, our service, our community partnership uh, has been a big key or I guess you call it the special sauce or the ingredients to some of our success. Last question, you know, taking over, uh, being a part of the company for so long, you probably had a good handle on a lot of the different areas of the business, understanding the mission and who and where the players were. So the transition uh, may have been unexpected, but easier in that respect. But whenever we make a transition, there's always a few great surprises, positive and negative. Uh, what was one of the biggest surprises maybe positive surprises about when you took over as CEO that you didn't anticipate? Well, I, I don't, I, I think I, I, I saw our company play this game of the restaurant side, especially on the support center. I'm a guy that lived in the field for 24 years and ran restaurants. And I always had a great relationship with the 400 people in this support center but I got to see the inner workings and the heartbeat of the people that are serving our, our, our managing partners out there and our managers. And I will tell you, it was more impressive than I expected. The people in these two buildings, they care tremendously about our brands 
and about it, their partnership that they have. When the phone rings here at the support center in Louisville, Kentucky, and there's an operator on the other line, that's our customer. And, and these people jump through rings of fire to help them get whatever they need. And, and I, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's, it's, I'm a proud operator that's come here and become a proud support center partner. And, and these people hustle around here to get the job done to help these operators um, because they're the cash registers. They're, they're the ones opening the door today at, at three o'clock and they're the ones bringing in the guests. They're the ones serving up the food and, and building our reputation. All we're doing here behind the scenes is helping them with whatever they need. And, and I'll tell you, it's been impressive to watch this company not only fight through 2020 in the COVID world, in the to-go world, to even evolve back to uh, people in our dining room and, and trying to get staffed and try to get product in the building and because we're our, our truck drivers are late and this, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of challenges these days and people are frustrated. But to see the amount of care and concern that the people in these two buildings in, in Dutchman's Lane and Louisville, Kentucky have, it's impressive. That I am impressed by that. So uh, that's exciting. Well, I'm impressed how you take care of not only your employees, but your managing partners and most importantly, your community. And you've done that for years and now leading the way even further. Congratulations on your well-deserved success. I look forward as always, I'm on the road 200 days a year. So always stopping by the Texas Roadhouse. Uh, the, I would have to tell you, Kent was right because the smell of the bread, it sold me <laughs> from day one. So uh, especially in Canton, Ohio, where the Hall of Fame is, we always have our Hall of Fame party there uh, during the Hall of, uh, of Fame. So. Jerry Morgan, thank you so much. A tremendous entrepreneur, CEO and president of Texas Roadhouse. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.